The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of Passion. You know what that means. Uh, we uh, we answer your questions tonight, or I answer your questions. Love, sex, relationships, but not just questions. Uh, your comments as well, and your rants or your upsets or anything you want to get off your chest and you want to talk to us about it, then uh, then you can. If you want to get feedback from the Passion community, you can do that too. All you have to do is text me at 514-800 or, of course, uh, you can always email me your questions to uh, laurie at drlaurie.com anytime. So I did get a whole bunch of texts and, and uh, actually a lot of emails, even about last night's show. So some of those topics may come up again tonight and gives you an opportunity to also uh, respond. And uh, one text writes, yes, thanks for the Boomer panel once again. Uh, Dr. Lori. Okay, good. Um, here's one. Uh, hello, Dr. Lori. I just have to tell you how much my wife and I enjoyed the Boomer show last night. The three of you seem to be having lots of fun and Mark was quite comical. I am jealous now. My wife loves the passion poet, but it is okay. I love you. <laughs> uh, the subject of men not being totally honest is dead on. I agree with Mark when he says it is not really a lie. It's more of an omission or, I like this term, massaging the truth. I spoke to my drivers today out of curiosity, and they all said the same thing. As teenagers, we were outright dishonest at times with girlfriends, but as grown-ups, we do it a bit differently. We are not good at talking about ourselves and describing our true feelings, so it's easier to be macho. My wife and I really had a great talk today while we worked, and I was amazed how I opened up, asked me a few questions, I answered, and it led to more questions. We are both millennials, and I think we millennials have gotten disconnected more because of texting and social media. Sharon was great as well, loved her comments and insight. Of course, you made it all come together beautifully, and we always love your professional insight. Well, thank you. Uh, It was fun, and it was great to get... Um, a different perspective, but I I know that the millennials also enjoy hearing from the boomer generation and what it was like back then. Maybe you've heard it all from your parents too. I don't know, but uh, sometimes it's just nice to, to kind of hear it. Dr. Laura, your show last night certainly took me uh, by surprise. I was doing some work on my laptop, having a tea with your show on in the background. A text came in saying he or she had not had sex in a long time and did they have to lie to get sex and without missing a beat, your male guest said, lie, lie. I spent the next 10 minutes cleaning tea off my laptop because I had a mouthful. He was kidding, of course, but I laughed. It was a great show and it is true. Most men, if not all, disguise or unknowingly omit some truths. Side note, by the way, if you feel like uh, responding to this, please, please do. I want to get your opinion too. Uh, It was, uh, I was born in 58 and I can say it was the same in the UK and still is. The last part of the poem I had to research. It was about the 72 Canada-Russia hockey series. In 72, I was a young boy in Manchester, but I asked some colleagues today at work. By the way, I was in Manchester at this very time last year 
where I have family too. Uh, My God, it was described to me as a war on ice, the communist society against the West. Schools closed and companies closed or had TVs in classrooms. I found some YouTube videos and I know nothing of hockey, but you can tell it was beyond exciting. I wish I was in Canada in 72 just to experience it. How they spoke of it with such passion. That was 48 years ago. I can only imagine what it was like then. Thank you for another great show. Uh, so thank you for that. And thank you to our, our the passion poet who was a guest on the Boomer show, but was also uh, gave us like a, a little history lesson in terms of the Boomer generation. Um, another one says uh, from a female here, I just loved last night's show, Boomer's Rock. It was fun, informative, educational, and entertaining. The hour went so fast. I would like to suggest a live Boomer show in front of an interactive audience. Your physiological analysis and comments, Mark's honest, open, unfiltered wit, and Sharon's life experience would make a great night. I like the way the three of you bounce stuff off each other. You guys rocked. Thank you for that. Appreciate. Um, it's nice when people take the time to write and comment or, or what have you. Of course, you can comment, you can send your questions, all good, 514-800, or you can call me, 514-790-0800, and we can chat about whatever is um, on your mind, how you're handling things. I want to know how you're feeling, how's the level of loneliness at this point, is um, the opening up of stuff making you feel more anxious or less anxious? Do you feel the complacency around you? Um, is that making, driving you crazy? Uh, so there's all kinds of feelings coming up for every time I speak to somebody, I'm hearing a whole other, uh, perspective. And, um, for me, it, it's the opening up of stuff makes me a bit more anxious. I have to say, I personally am not ready to go to restaurants or anything like that. And I've been looking at pictures and, you know, like crowded places and I don't get it. I, 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 but that's me. And each of us, of course, evaluates our own level of a risk that we are willing to take. But I'm curious to, to get some of your comments as well around how you are, uh, handling all of this. So talk to me, 514-800 to uh, text in. Hi, Lori, maybe I missed the follow-up, but did you hear any more news about the young girl who found her father with another man in the basement? I wanted to say that if he is bold enough to be bringing that guy in the house, maybe the wife already knows about this side of him. Maybe he was like that before, and they have an agreement, but I but it was not so nice way for the daughter to find out. So we did get a follow-up. I guess, um, you missed it, but, um, the, she had a conversation with her father and the father told the mother. So I think it was like her ultimatum. It's like, you have to tell mom. And, uh, I think he left the house. As far as I know, he left the house. She says she still loves her father, but is having a hard time with it now. I think, um, it sounded like it was more about the cheating and she, um, always knew that her mom had, had said, or had heard that this is not something she would tolerate in terms of cheating. So forget the, the same sex cheating, but nonetheless, this made it just more confusing, um, for her, but, she, but she seemed to be quite relieved that it was out in the open. And so, uh, 
we'll see what happens after that. And hopefully they can build a relationship her with her dad and, and hopefully the dad can come out if, if he is gay or I don't know if he's just bi curious. I don't know anything about the dad, but um, hopefully he can live his authentic self as well. So um, this, you know, sometimes things have to blow up for things to change and even become uh better. And it's, it's kind of funny to say that, but it's a little bit like what's happening to society as a whole. It's a little bit like a, a reset, right? Change comes out of chaos and we're living in very chaotic times and we will see a lot of changes coming out of all of this. Uh, we're all learning to work in different ways. We're uh, adjusting to different things. Some of us are going back to the old ways, simpler times. We are rearranging our priorities. So it's a big wake up call for a lot of people. A lot of the, the people that I'm, I'm now speaking to. So I do a lot of the, the, my therapy is done through Skype or through, um, it's telehealth basically. And I'm finding that for a lot of people, it has made them really, uh, stop and think and process and, uh, and then reach out to professionals to say, you know what, this is something I need to deal with something from the past or some other trauma or realizing that the issues that they actually want to work on. So as much as it is difficult for so many, it can also, we have to look at what, what's the silver lining in all of this. And I do believe that a lot of good will come from this societal, uh, reset. I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I would love to hear from you. 514-800 to send in your questions. It is Trouble Tuesdays. And of course that means you can also call me at 514-790-0800. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. It is Trouble Tuesdays tonight on the show where I answer your questions and uh, or your comments. So I want to hear some of your thoughts maybe on, on some of the issues that have come up uh, tonight or, or before tonight, whenever you've, uh, you heard the show or, or what have you, or you want to talk to me about what you're going through right now, 514-800 to text in. You can always email me to laurie at drlaurie.com or call in at 514-790-0800. I went to a restaurant first time since March, was far apart from other tables. Expectations at Rockland, it still has huge rent to pay go have breakfast there it's not crowded and the smoked salmon is great breakfast lunch and early bird supper and uh, it's true shout out to uh, all the places that we frequented it's we need to support them right I, I i always i have friends in the restaurant business i feel terrible for the losses and the huge rents they all have to pay but yet um you know, uh, it's, it's difficult. And even now they're opening at 50% capacity, I believe. So it's still going to be, uh, rough. So at the very least I, I support by taking out. <laughs> so takeouts still for me, I'm not sure I'm ready for the restaurant unless maybe it's, it's outside, which is, um, a good thing that it's summertime and everybody's going to have all these terraces open and stuff. So that's great. So thank you for, for that shout out. Uh, hello, Dr. Lori. I really enjoyed last night's show. Um, at work today, I asked a few married men if they are totally honest with their wives. The answers I got 
were disappointing. Uh, I'm taking the fifth, or I refuse to answer the question because I will incriminate myself. But two men asked me why I asked, and I just said a man friend told me most men are dishonest or keep certain things from their partner. They jokingly said, who said that? It is a man's secret, and to admit it to a woman is against male principles. Oh, the bro code then. Um, I had my adopted grandmother over for dinner and I played part of last night's show. She was married for 54 years and said the young man may not have explained himself well, but his point is correct. I do not have a boyfriend and the last few I dated could not be honest about certain little things. Maybe I'm being too hard on men and expected and expect full open honesty. I asked a close, some close girlfriends, who has now been married for 17 years, she laughed, told me he never was dishonest about important things, and I'm still discovering things about him. Oh, well, the search continues. Hmm. Um, again, so that, that, that hit a nerve, I think, for a lot of people in terms of the, the dishonesty, and it all started with comments about men being dishonest in order to basically get laid, uh, and that they will lie in order to say things. And that is because we, we, I think we got an email from uh, a lady who had hooked up with uh, somebody from her past or from high school. And she kept, she was saying that the BS coming through the texts and everything was beyond (laughs) what she wanted and she could see right through it. And Anyway, so it's interesting to get the the guy's perspective uh, on that kind of thing. If you have any questions about love, sex, or relationships, or you have uh, uh, comments about how you're doing anything from uh, anything that has to do with your mental health, then of course you know that you can talk to us here, talk to me, and um, be happy to to listen to you and, and help you out in any way that I can. Hi, Dr. Lori. How does a wet dream happen if you're not thrusting while you're sleeping? So you don't actually need um, any kind of actual physical stimulation. Wet dreams are far more common in uh, younger men, but they can also happen uh, in in older guys, uh, usually associated with a neurotic dream and in the dream is where the thrusting is happening or in the dream is where you are uh, being stimulated. So, and you know, as well as I do that some dreams feel so real that it wouldn't matter if it's not actually being touched and could still cause an orgasm. And by the way, women have orgasm, can have orgasms in their sleep as well without any touching again, by, uh, just from having erotic dreams. And if you, if you wake up and there's a wet spot or whatever, you know, you've had a a nocturnal emission and, and you don't remember the dream. It doesn't mean you didn't have an erotic dream. So not all of us can remember, um, our dreams, uh, our dreams fully. Last night's show was great, but it brought about conversation this evening. My husband agreed that men omit or keep things to themselves, and in some cases, even a little white lie. I asked him to tell me something he was dishonest about. That's opening up a can of worms, isn't it? 
Two years ago, his company was trying to land an important account. The rep from that company was a very attractive single woman. My husband told me she did make advances towards him, but he did not follow through and even mentioned he was happily married. I do remember the importance of the account, but he never mentioned her. As they were closing the deal, after hours work was required, and of course you have to wine and dine the account. He admitted he was dishonest about the woman and told me he omitted telling me she came on to him and how attractive she was because of my possible reaction. I believe my husband when he tells me nothing happened, but I do not like it that he was a bit dishonest. It was two years ago, and I really do not know how I would have reacted. Sometimes men can get weak, and I'm not sure I was better off not knowing all the facts we are not arguing but he said some things better off not said can we have a ruling please should he had told me or is business business let's try and leave the love and trust part out I do love him and trust him we loved the boomer show so that that's a good question and I'll throw it out there so is it necessary because this falls into the category of a, a, a white omission. I don't want to call it a white lie because he didn't, he omitted to tell you that a woman came on to him, but it's not like you asked him about any woman and then he outright lied. So there was a, there's white lies and then there's white omissions, <laughs> can we say? Um, is it absolutely necessary to tell your partner that, someone you're working with has come on to you and what you did about it there's the there's the question what would uh what would you do in a situation like that it's a great question 514-800 dr laurie it would be great if guys lied way less both generally and particularly in any meaningful relationships with women it's always a bit tempting to lie during awkward moments but worth facing the challenge i like that well said passion poet weighs in here we better start to realize the old ways are the past this is not really a new reality but things are changing fast it's time to tear down borders human differences have to change you really don't have to change much you simply just rearrange it starts with you and me and governments will follow along instead of having a battle of words let's all sing the same song hmm uh so on the uh, the note here on on what on the ruling that this woman wants uh, he did the right thing. Say nothing. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Do other people agree with that? So the husband was working with, with a woman briefly, um, but she came on to him. He did not tell his wife about it. He did nothing about it. Nothing ever happened, but he did not tell his wife. And only now, two years later, after she asks him to, oh, spill a secret after our show, um, this is what, uh, he told her. Of course, at this point you let it go. And like you said, you love him, you trust him. And that's the, the most, uh, most important thing. Um, I'm just wondering what other people think about that too. 514-800, your thoughts always, uh, always important. Share them, uh, share them with us. Would love, would love to hear you. A question, what is the longest time for an erection with or 
without pills? So that's an interesting question because that really all depends on age as well. So there's an age factor with that. There's uh, the refractory period, which is the time between ejaculation. As you get older, it gets longer. So young men, for example, can, um, they can get erections and ejaculate 10 times in a row. When you're very young, it's possible in one day to have 10 ejaculations or, or to maintain an erection for a long period of time. As you get older, after an ejaculation, there's a, there's a loss of erection. So detumescence, it's called. Well, you lose your erection faster as you get older and takes more time to then get another erection and to have another ejaculation. So it's a little bit hard to, excuse the pun, to give you a, 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 a clear answer. Like, I don't know what the longest erection has ever been. Like, I don't know what the world record for that is. But for example, if you take Viagra, there is a warning that says, if you have an erection that lasts more than four hours, you need to go to the hospital. So that should tell you something there. And then they have to basically drain the blood out of your penis to reduce the erection. So Generally, most men perfectly capable of maintaining an erection long enough to, uh, for throughout foreplay and, and intercourse and what have you, but there's so much, so much variation and so many factors that come into play when it comes to, uh, somebody's, um, erection. So no clear answer there. Uh, and why is it, this texture writes, only men who lie? I've had two girlfriends who were horribly dishonest to me. Good point. I'm so glad you brought that up. Is this a human thing or a guy, female, male thing? I think it's more of a, a human thing because as humans, the instinct is somehow to protect ourselves. Why do we omit certain details or like in that, in that particular situation, the guy didn't tell his wife about the woman coming on because he didn't want to have to deal with her, uh, reaction, which, you know, for him, it was over. It was like, okay, so this happened. I didn't do anything about it. Don't care about it. It's not interested. Um, but then would have had to do a whole lot more explaining or answering questions or, um, maybe triggering insecurities or what have, what have you. So in that respect, it, that's probably why he chose not to, uh, not to say, but I, I think it's not, you're right. I don't think it's just a, uh, a guy thing. I think it's, uh, it, it may be a, a human thing. Uh, okay. So we all agree men lie a bit. What do women lie about? I don't know. Women, what do you lie about? Tell me. A lot of women will lie about having their orgasms. A lot more women fake orgasms. There's one thing people lie, women will lie about. Uh, so anyway, lots of texts coming up, questions to answer, um, and uh, and anything you want to contribute to the show tonight. 514-800. Right now, let's check in with our CJD 800 newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, 
You're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Big discussions tonight on uh, honesty in uh, in relationships, but uh, here's another question. And it has to do with uh, with honesty and trust. So that seems to be the, the theme tonight. I need some advice. My boyfriend of two and a half years has been cheated on in the past with two previous girlfriends. I'm now being painted with that same brush. I'm not a cheater. I've never been a cheater, but he will keep accusing me of cheating. Can anybody heal from being cheated on? And what can I do to reassure him that I'm not like that? So this is a bit complicated because um, it's his insecurities and his trust issues. And I don't know if there's anything, I'm sure you're already doing all kinds of things to to reassure him, but it may be that nothing you do um, will work until he works this out. And this is where uh, therapy is important because he will... The problem is, is that if he continues like this, and this is two and a half years into your relationship, his behaviors um, that are will be generated from from his um, insecurities or jealousies, and and of course they they will be jealousies that are not real, right? They will be in his mind made up. Will be very destructive. Uh, to the relationship because at some point the other person will get fed up of being accused continuously being accused of something they're not doing and anybody who's ever been in that situation will tell you it's uh it, it is not a good feeling so the job is his to fix himself and to heal from that so I would really recommend that you suggest that he speaks to a professional to talk about all of his insecurities and and some of the deeper rooted things that maybe it's triggering I don't know if there's stuff in his past and trust issues and all all kinds of things so otherwise you will not tolerate paying the price forever uh, for that I am telling you it will it doesn't bode well for uh, for this for a relationship. It will not be a healthy um, relationship over time if that behavior continues. So um, get some counseling, and if he won't go alone, go with him. Like just figure out a way to better communicate about this, and ask him what does he need to be reassured. If he says, I need to control or see or have, like, it it depends what his behavior is, right? So if he becomes, like, extremely controlling and doesn't, and says, I don't want you going out without me. I don't want you doing this. I don't want you doing that. And becomes very, very controlling. Now you're in a toxic situation that is not good for you. So I would want to find out from him, okay, what is it that you need? I, I love you. I want to be here for you. I want you to be reassured that you can trust me. What do you need from me to be reassured? And then go um, go from there. Uh, text writes, and if you are very insecure, you should not be in a close relationship. Well, it's not about should or shouldn't. It's about you've got to work through the past hurts. You have to work through your baggage in order to have healthier um, relationships. Uh, and considering the divorce rate, I do should be changed to I'll try. That's quite true is the commitment. When you say I do, and you make that commitment to me, the commitment is not just about 
love, right? It's a, it's a commitment to the relationship, a commitment to putting in the efforts because when you first get married, you barely have any challenges accumulated, right? It's throughout a long marriage where the challenges come up and as you have more responsibilities and as you have kids and as you go through life changes and as life events happen to you, mental health issues, the physical issues, deaths in the family, like these are all major challenges that test relationships. So the I'll try, yes, I commit to always trying to work it out. That would be a very good way to, uh, to put it. So yes, thank you. That's, that's quite good. Uh, it's not bad about that guy omitting to mention the woman, but he shouldn't go overboard describing her two years later as extremely attractive. His wife probably isn't going to want to hear a nuance like that. So maybe keep some of those, um, some of the characteristics secret. I don't know. Uh, I think women are not honest in new relationships. They can express deep feelings, but maybe it's a way to make the guy feel secure. And this is why many men are insecure and a little dishonest about some little things. I think there's also a fear of, of vulnerability for sure. There's, you know, I don't think it's all men, by the way. Uh, women lie too, which always disappoints me because I always want to believe otherwise. Most of the time though, I think it's to wriggle out of us an awkward situation. And because of that, it is more understandable. Occasionally though, sure. Women can unfortunately do some really bad stuff. Yeah. I don't want to be ragging on one gender over another because that's not what this is about. Uh, I think, you know, obviously it was from one comment from one female that had experienced this and men saying, and then many men saying, yeah, yeah, we, we do lie. We do lie. Women aren't, <laughs> aren't, so forthcoming with their, uh, their own deceptions, but of course it happens. Of course it happens. Uh, let's see any other question. 514-800 to text in. Of course, you can feel free to email me anytime. Lori at drlori.com. And if you want to call in 514-790-0800, you know that on Tuesdays for the last, I don't know how many years we've been just focusing on getting questions, uh, answered for the whole hour. But if you don't get your question answered tonight, you can always send it in, text it in, what have you. And I will get to it, uh, at the beginning of every show. So the, the first segment of every show is always your questions answered. So don't worry if it doesn't get answered tonight, it'll get answered tomorrow night, if not tomorrow night, the next night, but it will get answered. Uh, what is the average penis length non-erect? How many people would want to venture to guess how many times I get this question? The penis length question <laughs> over the years. If you've been a listener, how many times have you heard that question being asked? Of course, there's always new listeners, so that's fine. I will always answer the question no matter how many times I've answered this question. Uh, so the average penis length erect before I answer the non-erect in, uh, let's say North America is, uh, somewhere around 5.2 inches erect. But if you go around the world, it's, they are, they're different lengths around like averages from in different countries. But if we're looking at the non-erect, so it, it will always depend on what, what race you're from, what country you're born, what have you. Um, but for the, let's say the average Caucasian male 
is about three inches non in its non-erect state. So in its flaccid state, non-erect, three inches. But always remember that that is not an indicator of a, an erect penis because you two men can be standing next to each other, one with a two-inch unerect, non-erect penis, flaccid penis, next to a guy with a four-and-a-half-inch uh, flaccid penis and when they both get an erection it'll be exactly the same size so we call an erection the great equalizer so you can't really determine uh, the size of a penis in its erect state by looking at it flaccid obviously if you're looking at a uh, you know, a six-inch uh, uh, non-erect penis, it will be more. It will be more than six inches erect. That's a given. But we're talking averages here. Uh, so there you go. Uh, I don't agree with this, but on two and a half men, Charlie Sheen says to his nephew, "A clueless woman is a good woman." Yeah. <laughs> Pretty misogynistic kind of show, actually. A lot of what comes out of Charlie Sheen's character is uh, not too favorable when it comes to women and how to treat them, unfortunately. Uh, coming up, a question about masochism. What is it to be a masochist? We'll answer that question next. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Trouble Tuesday tonight on the program. Your questions answered tonight. Uh, Mike joins us on the line. Hi, Mike. Hi, Lori. How are you, my dear? I'm very good. How are you? Oh, fantastic tonight. Listening to you, and it's really, really interesting that I managed to get through to you <laughs> because I, don't, <laughs> I know how difficult it is. Okay. First of all, I'm going to tell you I already know you, and in a minute and a half, I'm going to tell you how I know you. And the cartoon I did for you many years ago for the wonderful, joyous things you were doing for Generations Foundation to bring money to the children so they would have something in their tummies yes. at 7.30 in the morning. Yes. Wasn't that, aren't they, Adrian, <laughs> what's his wife's name? What's his wife's name? Tell uh, me. Oh, man. You're, you're making me think on the spot and my aging brain will not, <laughs> will not remember. Well, but 71. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so... Uh, but those were those were great days, and it was the six thirty in the morning it started. Uh, yeah, it was at, uh, this breakfast with a with, with, what was that place called? Anyway, they still do it, I'm sure. Well, generation the 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 uh, organization the the Generations Foundation is awesome, providing food for um, underprivileged kids, and I've always supported their cause. So absolutely, yeah. You have and any I did this cartoon at the time for you? And I had, I thought I was going overboard, and I had this guy facing you, and there's your big face and a little body. I don't, I really don't remember that. (laughs) Well, yeah, and I had this guy with his trench coat. Remember the old story back in the 20s or something, the the rude thing that somebody would show somebody? Yes, the flasher. Yeah. But that's nothing compared to what you're talking about today and giving people information about. (laughs) It's absolutely nothing. So you just and called I, to say hello then? No. Oh, I you have a question. A couple of very important questions about what you're talking about. Okay, tonight. go ahead. Okay, I'm I'm all uh, I'm all for it. Um, uh, 
how time has changed. Anyway, uh, let's see. I'm just reading my notes here. Oh, you're taking notes during my show. I like that. Well, I take notes during the show, <laughs> but I, I, I take notes about what I'm thinking of asking you, so I don't know what the hell I'm okay. talking about when I call you. All right, good. Time, right? Ask away, because you're, you're, you're running okay. out of time. I, I just figured out a way we could get rid of the virus. And okay. It's not your subject exactly. Clearly. Okay. I've tried to put my ideas through a few times. There's time zones in the world, right? Yes. Okay. What's the time in Bombay right now? No clue. And wh- what's the time in in South America? No right clue. Right now in uh, Argentina. No what's clue. The what's the bottom oh, line? I'm a bottom line kind of girl. Give me the bottom line. Bottom line is this. If we all put our minds together around the world at the same time zone, the same time on Earth, the human mind can destroy the virus <laughs> by midnight that night. <laughs> All right. We'll take that under advisement. Thank you so much for calling in, Mike. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Patricia next. Hi, Patricia. Oh, good evening, doctor. How uh, are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm fantastic. Good. Uh, I'm going to be 80 years old in July. Well, well. Congratulations. And, uh, I keep myself fit, even though my late husband has passed on 18 years. Mm. I is U.S. Air Force pilot from WW2 World War. Wow. And uh, I picked him up in the bar. <laughs> and look how many years ago that was, right? I'm, Power to the woman. My first marriage, we got married in Las Vegas. And uh, I just had a wonderful life with him. Well, that's wonderful to hear, Patricia. I appreciate Four years. that. I mean, uh, I mean, 24 hours a day, we were together. We went everywhere together. So what have you been doing for the last 18 years? Stay at home. Really? You're not socializing? You're not going out? No, I just go shopping, buy my groceries, and I come back home, watch TV, do crossword puzzles, and that's it. Are you okay? Are you feeling Fine. lonely? I have wonderful memories. Okay. That keeps you going, it seems. Oh, it does. Oh, well, that's wonderful. That's a really positive way of looking at life. I appreciate that. Thank you for calling in, Patricia. Because I came it. from a wonderful, loving family. That's great. You take care, okay? Stay safe. You too, doctor. All right. Thanks, Thank Patricia. you for everything. You're welcome. Take care. Oh, it's nice to hear from people. Uh, Dr. Laurie, men will rarely admit females are the stronger species. Men must do their best to seem like they are masters of their domain. But we know we have no defense against the power of the vagina. That's not the word that was written here, but that is the word I'm going to use. 514-800, you still have a couple of minutes left if you have any questions for me, 514-800, or remember, text me anytime, or rather, email me anytime, laurie at drlaurie.com. Someone is asking, what does it mean to be a masochist? So a masochist, you if you've been listening to our BDSM show, you probably get a little idea of what, what all that is, but basically... The definition is it's someone who derives sexual pleasure from receiving pain or humiliation. So it doesn't have to be pain. There's also humiliation play in all this, but in a sexual setting. So we're not talking about 
I'm going to the dentist and the pain that I'm going to feel is going to arouse me. No, we're talking about receiving pain or humiliation in a sexual setting. So just so you're not mixing up those two things. Uh, Another question here. I'm 65. Is there a risk for my heart to have sex? So there's a lot of misunderstandings about sexuality and, and, and heart health. First of all, there's a lot of, there are men who fear, and, and I suppose some women, but mostly I think it's a male fear that they will, uh, will die during a, uh, a sexual encounter. I have to tell you, it is extremely rare, extremely rare to have a heart attack as the result of sex. In fact, the opposite is quite true. The studies have shown that the more, those who have more frequent sex are less likely to have a heart attack in life. So if you're looking at numbers in terms of how likely is it for me to die of a heart attack while I'm having sex, the answer, if I'm going to give you a statistic, it's 1%. But here's the thing. It's so interesting. Because of that 1%, somewhere around 75% or even more of the men who die of a heart attack during sex are actually having sex with a woman who is not his wife. So it is in a, in a cheating situation. So that's 75% of the 1%. Remember, it's still quite rare, right? So, um... Could you imagine that, like that happening and who's going to call you? The mistress is going to call the wife. Your husband's here, dead. That would not be, go over very well, would it? Uh, Let's see. Guys with different size flaccid penises, a bit of an ego challenge there. Guys can be funny with their egos and their penises. (laughs) Yup. But I hope those folks can meet some nice women to talk with and relate to and if ever they do become couples, I'm sure the women will appreciate their penises too, no matter their size or shape. Um, I have I have to agree with you on that in that I think men make far more of a big deal about or have more insecurities about their penis size than women care. Uh, because women don't just look at the penis size, they look at the whole package and what the man has to offer and how he uses that penis, and not just the penis. It's far more important how he uses his mouth and his hands, because after all, once again, women need that clitoral um, stimulation. Not to say that there aren't some women out there where penis size matters a lot. I I, am not going to lie. There are some women where this is the case and what comes to mind I just saw this episode of Sex in the City where Samantha is with a guy she's madly in love with him she, it looks like it this is the one and serious he's good to her and everything and then they have sex and she, he's on top and and she says something like is it in is it in you know and he's like thrusting away and she feels nothing and anyway she breaks up with him because she can't handle the fact that his penis is very, 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 very small, according to her. Of course, we never see it. We don't know the size of it, but whatever it is. Uh, So having said that, yes, some people might find it 
very important. But the vast majority of women that I've talked to, uh, and even in the studies, show that it is it is by is not one of the most important features that they um, look for. So there you have it. Thank you all for your uh, text messages, all of your questions, your emails. You know how much I appreciate connecting with you. So thank you. Uh, Thanks to our technical producer, Dave Simon, tonight. If you want to connect with me, uh, you can do that by email uh, or just go to my website. It's the easiest place, drlaurie.com, D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E.com, and you can find me all over social media as well. Uh, And the podcasts are up on the Dr. Laurie site. So if you don't access them through your SoundCloud or through iHeartRadio, then you can go straight to drlaurie.com and you can pick up any old any past shows that you um, that you want to listen to on your own time. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.